Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, All-Star Weekend in the rearview mirror and second half of the season underway in the NBA and joining us, I think for the first time ever on this show, it is Derek White of the Boston Celtics on the Harbor One Hotline. Hi, Derek. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for getting up. I don't know. Are you still in uh, time off mode or are you ready to get back to it? I know I'm, I'm ready to get back to it, but it was—it's been a nice break for sure. Um, we, what did you make of the weekend? I, well, I'll start with your with your teammate and the and the dunk contest. What did you think of uh, of of Jalen? How he did over the weekend? <laughs> I, mean, I got a lot of respect for JB to even like risk doing something like that, which a lot of people wouldn't even try to do. And um, <laughs> he went out there and tried to be creative, and I'll support him 100. percent Derek, did you have a favorite? I mean, uh, when it came to his dunks, which one did I like the most? Yeah, um, I, I like the first one, uh, the Dominique. Uh, I like I like that one. I mean, uh, just to show off a little Atlanta from him, and I mean that was that's probably my favorite one. Yeah. Derek, as a lifelong basketball fan who grew up watching the dunk contest, the one thing I respected about Jalen Brown doing is him as an actual all-star competing because I feel like a lot of the all-star players, they're, they run from it because they're afraid they don't want to get embarrassed. So that's why you see guys that a G League is coming in and going, oh, I'll do it. But that's the one thing that I'm hoping what Jalen did was maybe show some other all-stars next year, hey, let's get this thing back to when you know the well-known players were in it and doing it, competing. Yeah, I think that's what JB was trying to do, and I mean, I got like I said, I got a lot of respect for him to to go out there and put everything on the line, and um, I think he had fun with this. So that's really all that matters. I know. Um, I, I feel like you should have been there, and um, I'm sh- I'm sure that's not what you would say. But do you, when you look at, are, are there are there do guys want to play in that game, and are there ways in your mind to make it more competitive? I think everybody like it's a big honor to to be an All Star. I mean, obviously, some people have been playing in it for many years, um, back to back to back, and then it's like the first timer. So it's kind of a a blend of of both. And um, I mean, I think to make it more interesting is the game's got to be close at the end. Yeah. Because um, if it's a close game at the end, then like that's when the competitive juices are going to be flowing. Like, it's just not going to happen the whole game. But yeah. the game hasn't been closed in a while, so yeah. it's been kind of not competitive. Derek, Jalen called you the most underrated player in the league. Do you agree with that? What do you think of him saying that? And what do you think the reason behind that is? Uh, I mean, I think 
probably prior to this year, I was probably unknown, maybe even prior to like the playoffs last year. And so possibly uh, back then, I, I think I was underrated. Um, but now I've, de- I've definitely gotten more recognition and um, I'm interested to hear it from a guy like JB who's done so much in this league. Um, I mean, obviously I'm thankful and um, I, mean, I just wanted to just keep going out there and try to help us win games. That's really all I'm focused on. Derek, how difficult, like you said, it it is for you to kind of show the rest of the league, you know, the talent that you have. What what do you think was the most difficult part of your journey um, to getting to you where you are now and being able to show everybody that you are a player that can do a lot of things, score, play defense, create? Uh, what do you think your your most difficult challenge was getting to this point? Um, I mean, I was. I got drafted by San Antonio, which isn't the biggest market, so um, you kind of go under the radar. I mean, unless you're you're Victor, like nobody's really paying attention to what's going on in uh, San Antonio, I think. So um, especially my first, like, four years, I kind of just went under the radar. And then obviously being traded to Boston, it's just a much bigger market and um, everything you do just on a bigger stage. And so um, it, that kind of goes both ways, good and bad. I, I thought it was really cool that Jason Tatum got to meet Larry Bird and and talked about how incredible that experience was for him. How important is it for you guys, like the history of this, the Celtics? Like you play for this storied franchise, and you know, and but that was also a long time ago. Like how 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 big of a uh, of a point of interest for you guys is the history of this franchise? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always crazy going into the facility or the arena and seeing all those banners and seeing so much history and you just know about the Celtics history. And so uh, we've had a lot of former players come back and uh, just spending some time with them, saying hello, shaking their hand. I mean, I think it's important uh, definitely to carry on the legacy that they started. And then, um, I mean, we're all fans of the game. So just seeing guys that we watched growing up and seeing all these highlights is, is great to meet them. Derek, this season feels a little bit different than last season or even the season before that. It feels like there's more continuity on on the court, and it seems like you guys are all playing really well together. I don't know if it's a change in you know adding Kristaps Porzingis, the subtraction of Marcus Smart, or it, is it Joe Mazzulla and getting that first season under his belt and getting you guys all on the same page? What do you attribute to that? Um, I think a little bit of everything. Um... Joe's Joe's been great just trying to instill that that basketball joy we talk about all the time, which is just you want to play the right way. You want to move the ball. Uh, People got to move and stuff like that. So um, when we're moving the ball and we're all having fun, we're having that joy, uh, we're a really good team. And then obviously adding KP and Drew um, just give us so many different options and uh, there's so many different ways we can win games now. So um, it's been a lot of fun and we just want to keep getting better and better and be playing our best basketball at the end of the year. Derek, one of the things that I think a lot of us have noticed who've watched this team this year is uh, the ability for everybody to kind of buy into their rules and maybe have to give up some of the play for them scoring for themselves, being a selfless team. What, what do you think is the difference this year when you look at this team as being selfless versus last year? Yeah, I, we talked about it uh, before the year. It was like we know we're all we all can't start. You know, we all can't finish. We um, probably not going to average the most points we average in our career. Like 
it's going to be uh, a different guy each night. So uh, we just had to accept it. Like some nights I won't finish and uh, Al will finish and some nights Drew won't finish and we just um, are just completely bought into just winning. So um, we just have that mindset we talked about from the beginning of the year and um, whoever it is that night, we're all just happy, and especially when we get wins. You have uh, an event coming up that I want to talk about because there's an opportunity to it's Derek White and it's uh, Derek White strikes to raise money for Special Olympics Massachusetts on the 28th of February. How did you how did you end up getting involved with Special Olympics? Uh, I think it all started. Uh, my aunt's been a part of Special Olympics, so going to uh, events as a kid and just seeing her smile and have fun. Uh, she likes to swim, so during those swimming events, and so that's how it all started for me. And then I've been able to just learn more about it and uh, be a part of it in San Antonio and out here in Boston. And so um, I'm really excited about this event and um, and see how much we can help out the, the, this great organization. Are you a good bowler? <laughs> um, it's a hit or miss. <laughs> Uh, I had I had one time I, I bowled a two oh one and then every other time I've been struggling since so I don't I don't know. Uh, but one day I said I'm gonna bowl a three hundred, so I think wow. I got a lot of work to do. Uh you you're a big ball guy? Um, I don't, I don't know. I just whatever whatever is around I just use. <laughs> we have the candle pins here in yes, Massachusetts. Yeah, I, I, think I, I think everywhere think, else is I, I, uh I don't think, pins. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't think the small. Oh, balls. you talking about like the mini bowling? Yes, <laughs> I got mini bowling. Yeah, yeah, I did that good. one time last year for an event, and I've never heard of it before. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's just a like, northeast yeah, it thing. Yeah, coasting. it's a Massachusetts yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like the way we talk. <laughs> and Derek, a lot of people <laughs> yeah. would meet you and be envious of the fact that you're an NBA player, a grid player on a great team, and all that. But Greg is really envious that Kane's Donuts created a donut just to try to get you to the all-star game it is greg's ultimate dream to have a donut named after him so you have that on him as well you said king's donuts canes canes they had a whole campaign well, it it, the white's an all-star donut yeah, <laughs> yeah well. it's like the best donuts around I didn't, I didn't even know i gotta check it out <laughs> derek you talked about like everybody kind of like not being selfish was that a Missoula thing or did that come from Tatum and Brown the leaders of the team where did that kind of like mentality come from of like us you know hey we're not going to be able to get our shots off every single night um I think a little bit of everything uh Joe definitely mentioned it but like we as players got to buy in and um I mean JT's probably been the most vocal about it is like, I don't care if I just score 18 points or whatever. Like if we win and we get to the end goal, like I'm going to be happy about it. So like a guy at his position that's willing to take that sacrifice, it, it definitely means a lot. And um, I mean, JB's done the same thing too. Is like, Oh, how can I make the right play each time down? If that's not me scoring or me even being involved in the play. So um, there's a lot of little things that uh, we talk about each day and, um, it's all, it's not really on the stat sheet, but it just helped us win. I know there's a couple lanes left if you want to bowl with Derek. I assume you'll try to get some of your teammates there as well on the 28th. Yeah, yeah. You should have some guys come through. And, um, yeah, we have a couple lanes that are still available. And uh, we'd love to just make it as, as big and as great as possible. 
All right. Well, if you would like, if you're interested, you can go to bowl at specialolympicsma.org and join Derek and uh, the, the rest of the crew for that event on the 28th at Kings in the Back Bay. And I know you you got to get back to practice, but I appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning, and we would love to have you on the show anytime, whenever you're available. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. All right, Derek, thank you. That's Derek White. Um, and if you want to get in on that, you can get in on that and join him for a great event coming up mm-hmm. on the 28th. They always do the best events at Kings, too. Those yeah. those Kings bowling events are always really good. It, it, uh, it's great not ba- Great bathrooms over there. <laughs> Phenomenal, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. But it's, it's an event where, kind of like the one that we have at Apex, it's not like the players are somewhere and all the people that paid to get in are somewhere else. Everybody's yes. intermingling oh, okay. is what you yeah. want. I like the and f- also, Courtney, we can figure out which Celtics player gets the biggest ovation. No, I think that is always important. I think we know that's Jason Tatum. But I love the fact that he talked about Jason Tatum being a big proponent of buying into saying, hey, here's what we need to do. I only score 18 points. It is because that's been a lot of the criticism with Tatum. It's like, oh, he only cares about himself. You know, and I get a lot of NBA players that get that. And rightfully so, some do come off that way. But I feel like, you know, to kind of get a window into, you know, Tatum really pushing that narrative like, Hey, we might not all get ours uh, uh, every single night. And then them seeing him buying into it makes everybody else buy into yeah. it. All right. Well, that's Derek White. And here is Courtney with what is trending this hour. The Rich Keith Show. Weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Subaru of New England. There is a traffic advisory for all of you getting to work this morning in your cars. Police are on scene. A pedestrian was struck by a car uh, in the area of Harrison Avenue and Traveler Street. Traffic will be impacted all morning, so please seek an alternative route. Wow, that's right by Whole Foods, that area. Yep. Wow. Um... It's a bit of a flex there on your uh, grocery store of choice. I mean, sorry, we uh, we all can't afford Whole Foods. Whole Foods I, has, I go to Shaw's I mean, right down the road. I don't know what you're talking about. Whole We're just giving the place and location there. They, hey, they have unbelievable pizza at Whole Foods. Uh, I go to Shaw's Star Market. That's where I get all my groceries, and you should too. Uh, yep. By the way, Derek White, great guy. Great guy. Very refreshing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. He doesn't come across like he has a big ego. No. He seems very normal. No. Down to earth. Great guy. Uh, the Bruins took down the Stars in a shootout at the TD Garden yesterday. 4-3 to three was the final, with Charlie McAvoy scoring in the ninth round of the shootout. And over the weekend, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown helped the Eastern Conference All-Stars to a 2-11-186 win over the Western Conference. Tatum, in his fifth All-Star appearance and second consecutive year as a starter, finished with 20 points, while Brown, in his third All-Star game, was the East's second-highest scorer with 36. Brown also finished second in the dunk contest. So Patriots news, according to Tom Pelissero, defensive lineman Lawrence Guy and safety Adrian Phillips were released by the organization yesterday. And James Ferencz has announced his retirement from the league. And the Subaru of New England Washington birthday sales event lasts all month long. Feel the freedom of a 2024 Subaru with symmetrical all-wheel drive. SubaruofNewEngland.com. That's what's trending. Here's Curtis with your weather. Thank you, Courtney. And Greg, how was the uh, Eggs Benny at uh, Abe and Louie's? It looked delightful. Oh, it was so... I only ate one of the two Benedicts, Curtis, because, you know, I'm on a diet program, but... So I got it with the big thick bacon. I, I prefer that over the the uh, Canadian bacon. No right. disrespect. No disrespect to Canada. Well, it's America first. Uh, our neighbor to the north. Right. But, our hat. Uh, <laughs> got it with the the new skis bacon or whatever that. I mean, it was it was it was great. I treated myself. <laughs> I just gotta tell you, I saw that picture. I said that eggs Benedict doesn't stand a chance. <laughs>
24 degrees, sunny afternoon, high of 35. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Uh, it was special. Um, you know, it, it's something that, you know, as your career goes on and, and you know, you play a lot of games, uh, you don't remember all of them, but, you know, this is a night that uh, I remember forever. And, you know, it's special. I think it's a moment. Uh, you know, it, obviously I haven't getting recognition, but it's a moment for me to, to thank and recognize all the people that have um, helped me get to this point in my career and to get here in general. And, you know, I, I think that's something that doesn't get enough recognition when is your support staff that you have around, not support staff, but your support system that you have in place. And, and for me, uh, they've been my, my family and, and my close friends have been my biggest supporters and some tough times that I've had early in my career and, and throughout that uh, they, they pulled me through and um, allowed me to come out on the other side feeling good. And Very nice pregame ceremony for the captain mm-hmm. yesterday on uh, uh, celebrating a thousand games as a Boston Bruin. Did they nice. give him anything like a car? Or? Uh, there was no car. Uh, he had a cool him, jacket. Uh, mm-hmm. There were the whole family was in the jackets, mm-hmm. and the Don Sweeney gave him the old silver stick. Oh, uh, and we're gonna then, get you a silver mic. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, Cam presented him with a painting right. uh, that had been done. Well, so that's nice. Uh, very nice ceremony. His and- wife's bag was taken from her when they entered. <laughs> yes. And, it was it was cute um, behind the bee when they had his, his son and daughter come in to talk about the starters and, you know, announce him in the in the dressing room. I think yeah. that's cute when they no, bring the family, make the family involved. Well deserved. And then Jeremy Swayman went out and uh, and got him a win. I mean, why, why? Shime, how many saves? What do you have? 41 saves? 43, I think. Uh, 43? Yeah, yes, it was, he was standing on his head for as much, as doing as much as he could. And Brick kept saying on the, on the broadcast that he must be frustrated with how many shots he's facing. Like, it is wild. Uh, night and day, how different this defense is compared to how it ha- how it was last year. Yeah, like they are just they don't pr- block as many shots. They're not getting sticks to pucks. Like the goalies are having to do a ton of work. Yeah, I mean, I would leave uh, Charlie McAvoy out of that discussion at least sure. yesterday. But Lindholm is like a shell of himself. What he was, uh, he's, he's often in the wrong position. It appears to me. So is that uh, your biggest need now moving forward? Because originally it was scoring, scoring, but it seems like now every time we talk to Mike Milbury or you know Shime comes up with his his theories, it's more about their their defense. Well, I don't know what when you say need. Like, do you feel like Don Sweeney got burned last year when he went out and went nuts at deadline time and it didn't pan out? Like, do you think that they're they're internally looking at it like they're going to do that again? Yeah, but then you can't. Then it's similar to their approach, right? So their approach is now because we got burned, we're now not going to take a team that has a, a real realistic chance 
and what add I'm to it. You is like I'm asking. I don't you. think I don't think you should. I don't think you should let it affect you at no, all. No, they, they, they both Sweeney and Neely need another title. Yeah, I don't think it should affect you at all. You should be doing everything in your power to say, okay, how can we get better and how can we put ourselves in a legitimate position to to win a Stanley Cup. And you missed out on the best thing that he got. X Bear saying you got a custom Rolex. Ooh, oh they wow! Didn't, they didn't show that. Wow. I, I, I just, don't think. I just looked that it up. There's a, there's a huh? uh, photo McAvoy yeah. bringing out a custom Rolex. You just don't give Rollies out like that. Yeah, Nothing. That is very better than nice. a car. That's what they give. I mean, that's what they give you like on the 25 years of when you've been with a company for a long time. They used yeah. to give you a watch. Uh, that's not a Rollie, though. <laughs> Well, like well, a Timex. I'm for you, Timex. Might yeah. be good. Maybe uh, a watch. I'll take the Maybe an Apple Watch. When I, I got, give me the rolling. Right when I got to 10 years, Ken took away a week of work. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here is Derek, the Steelers fan. Hello, Derek. Well, good morning, everybody. What's going on? Hilltop, I'll tell you, with this school break... I've uh, entered the world of your stream on YouTube. Ah, you look good, kid. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you, Derek. <laughs> uh, what up, Derek? Hey, hey. <laughs> Curtis, it's all relative, guy. All right. He That's looks true. good now. <laughs> so I, I got to tell you, I, this this whole dynasty thing, it's just, it puts to bed more of the narrative that people wanted to put out around here. First of which is Killdog. I was right all those years ago on AAF when I told you Pretty was Doc Leonard's first celebrity client. That's a guarantee that that happened. Can we put that to bed now? I mean, because that that kid's had more work done than Dolly Parton ever will. I mean, good Lord above, Curtis. Can we talk about the football part of it, the drama part of it? Not he's he's addicted to plastic surgery. It's it's crazy. That that's the other thing that I love is the whole hate us because they ain't us narrative was buried, buried, because these people were a mess. And I'll give you this, Curtis. You're right when you say it's amazing that they continued to win at the level they did when they were all fighting over the glory. Right. They all fell in love with the red carpets and the bright lights of the cameras. And the biggest one of them all. The biggest offender of them all, drunk guy Bobby, is still in love with it. Still can't get enough of it. I, I It is, Curtis brought up the dysfunction last week, and it's mm-hmm. tough to talk about this until you really get into it, but the, you know, the dysfunction that came with whether it was Bill's letter to Donald Trump or... Uh, the, the, the but can just on that, Greg, the, like the the way that they focused on those things, but omit a relatively major international story relating to the owner of the football team, is all you need to know about who had final say. You don't think that Apple would like to discuss that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about salacious. You don't think, yeah. Curtis? Curtis, you people can't even run your cameras when you go to the stadium. Of course, he has final say. The guy's a control freak. You can't even do a normal show down there without this guy telling you you can't bring your cameras in. I mean, there's so many. They're just at the end of this. There's so many things that Mm -hmm. you can point to and say that was the reason for the end of the dynasty, or that was the reason. A long way, hill dog. A long way back to the top, kid. Enjoy this little documentary because it's it's going to be a long time before you see that again. 
Derek, thank you. I mean, I you know. So they what's get it, the uh, issue? Like that, then? Robert Kraft stepped in and and uh, allowed Alex Guerrero to come back. Right. So all right. I mean, so, that's that's on him, right? I mean, that's going against your head coach, right? Yeah. Well, so, the, actually, the real answer to all of this would have been to put the three of these people in one room and say, "Hey, you're both under contract. You're both the best at what you do. Let's figure this out." That I don't think, to my knowledge, was never done. Doesn't that's seem what, like it. That's what a true leader does, right, Greg? I mean, if there's an issue, bring the people in the same room, bing, you know, either fix it or you don't. Yeah. Th- doesn't it seem like, and like I said, I haven't got as far as you guys have gotten, but as things start to trickle out, it seems like the only guy that really kind of stayed the same on how he perceived <laughs> things was Bill. Was Bill. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because Tom got to a point where he let the way Bill coached him he let it frustrate him towards the end of his career and then didn't want to be coached that way when you had no issues with it for 15, 16 years. So that frustrated you. Then Robert got frustrated with Bill's the way Bill did things at the end when you had no kind of issues on how he – I mean, you had issues, but you didn't let it get in the way of things. But it almost seemed like as it got later on – into the dynasty or towards the end, they let the other things or affect them rather than say, okay, let's work this thing out and continue to, we know what everybody is. Let's work this thing out and continue to see how great we really can be with this dynasty. That to me is what I get from this. The one guy that relatively was the same, yeah, he changed a little bit in how he talked to the media, but the way he treated people and kind of doing the things he did, who stayed the same was Bill. But, but they all change. Success does that. I mean, Bill was not the same person after six Super Bowls as he was before but he won But he one. still kind of was coaching the same way. He uh, still was riding guys' ass paws. He still was making guys <laughs> feel uncomfortable. Right? He wasn't making guys feel uncomfortable. The Matt Castle episode, Matt Castle talks about how Bill was really uh, encouraging to him. No, no, and no, but then, I'm just talking about Bill, his, his, but, overall, his overall way he coached. But we always say now, when it, especially when it's Mac Jones, and how he doesn't change the way he coaches just because Mac Jones may need something different. Back then, it did seem like he did that. And he says it himself. He goes into how, you know, you should coach guys the way that that, that makes sense for them because mm-hmm. you're going to get the best out of them. He doesn't do that anymore. Well, I, what do you mean in that do way? Do you like, think that the way he coached Mac Jones was beneficial to Mac Jones? No, but he co- he's been coaching the same way he's coached from I'm day one. I'm telling you, when you get to that episode, he says he doesn't. He says that he, he, he is different with every guy in the way he coaches. But he's always been different with every player. I'm saying right now he's not. Uh, well, so he is or he isn't? I don't get it. I'm confused. He was back then. He's not anymore. So he didn't coach Mac Jones, Mac Jones differently? Uh, no, I don't think so. But we all we all felt like he did. No, I think that we all felt like he, Mac Jones needed somebody that gave him support over and over again, and Bill's not that guy. Right, but we and know. he didn't cater to what Mac Jones needed. But we know why he changed with Mac, because the way Mac went behind his back. I just think that. They had an awful lot of success because of not one person, but the entire group, the, the every player that was in and out of there, the coaches, the owner, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And when they all embraced that, then everything was great. When 
any individual in that group started to think that it was all them, which I, um, Curtis, you're saying, I guess that happens with success. No, I mean, I'm not um, saying it's, you're not, you're absolutely right about that's, this. That's when it changed. And, right. and, it, and it was, it, it wasn't one person. Mm-hmm. I, like the whole, you, um, you, we'll have to talk about this at the end, but the whole entire thing, in my opinion, is essentially set up to make Bill Belichick the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But and that's what I'm saying. Then, he like, never changed though, because he it, didn't. It never changed. Like he every, didn't. it's one thing when you're bad and you go, okay, now it's bad. And but even at, when Brady went on the 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 podium and said, "Go talk to Robert about his money," that was basically a year after they or right after they just won a Super Bowl. So it wasn't like it was bad for this period of time. And and Tom, but he wasn't saying go talk to Robert about the money. Like I can't. I can't tell you. No, 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 but no, but I'm saying for me, I think that, and this is where I kind of like, as somebody who played for Bill and played in the league, like I don't get, like this guy coached you this way for X amount of years. Then you get to a point where it's like, oh, I don't want to be coached that way no more. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I don't think it was how he was coached. So then what was it? I think it was that he wanted to use his own training staff and changed how he was recovering from injuries. And I don't even think that was a problem until the the sort of gospel of, of Guerrero was being spread around to other high-profile players. Mm-hmm. That's the issue for me and for Tom and Brady, for Tom and Bill. And I would say my biggest takeaway from the series is that if Tom and Bill – were just together without money, without anything, they're incredibly similar in their drive to win. I believe there is more in common between Belichick and Brady than there is between either of them and Kraft. Yet Kraft would have you believe that he was the one, you know, keeping everything glued together. And I just find the the way in which this entire process was done to be beneath Robert Kraft. That you have six Super Bowls, why do you need to taint anything? just because you want to change how people view. Because guess what? Boston sports fans know how they feel. They don't see one thing and immediately go, oh, you're right. People here have a certain belief, and they stick with it. Yeah, I mean, somebody in the Twitch chat says that we've turned into uh, a giant Bill uh, apology blame craft show, which I don't – I mean, I I felt the way I felt the – entire time about it. I haven't turned into that. I, I think that... If Greg I, leaves tomorrow and Wiggy, Courtney, and I sit down and just talk about all the things we didn't like about you <laughs> without actually discussing how you've helped our careers, you would like us less. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're talking about. Once you see this, even the first two episodes, it's the postpartum rewriting of history that bothers me, and I think it will bother a lot of Patriots fans. And can yeah. I just say something? There's so many people that are like, stop talking about it. You're spoiling it. We're not spoiling anything. We're talking about, you know about Spygate. You know about Deflategate. Yeah. You know about all of these things that happen within the dynasty. There's going to be an episode about that. Everyone knows who Aaron Hernandez is. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's difficult to talk about certain things that are revealed and we're trying not to. It's difficult to have a discussion uh, when you know what the end is. Like, it's difficult to talk about Tom Brady saying, go ask Mr. Kraft, mm-hmm. 
and you're thinking that that's about money. In my mind, that's not what it's about. Yeah, see, I haven't gotten that far, right. so I don't. So that, that's, yeah. that's not. I what think it's I'm about. only at like episode four or yeah. five or one of those. Yeah. I, I just look at the overall and basically just like viewing it from being being there and and being part of it and going, okay, I understand the whole Guerrero thing. And I had, like I said, I haven't got as far as you got. But I think Bill's biggest concern wasn't, and this is just from knowing people, wasn't that guys were going to Guerrero. Guys were going, saying to the Patriots training and strength and conditioning staff, no, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm not going there because, and that's where what frustrated Bill more than anything and saying, hey, listen, you could use him, but you got to take care of your responsibilities on what the team trainers and team strength and conditioning coaches are talking about. And we saw that kind of a little bit in the Brady Tom versus time when Edelman and it might have been Amadola, but I can't when they were in Wyoming and go, well, just because you don't lift weights means that we can't lift weights. It's just different. And I think part of that whole issue was the way Guerrero looked at things versus the way Bill had done things for all those years when it came to training and strength and yeah, conditioning. Yeah, I coach. just think it's odd. I agree with Curtis. It's odd to try to rewrite history. And for 20 years, it was Bill, it was Tom, it was the way Bill brought players in. It was the way Tom played football. It was the the way that uh, everybody went out there and did their job. And then now suddenly, for whatever the reason, it's turned on a dime. And it's like, let's all point our finger at Bill Belichick because he was such an awful meanie. Like, I, I it, it, it wasn't that way for 20 years. Oh. So who do you think the reason is? But go back and listen to what Robert Kraft said. The day he fired Bill Belichick, knowing what he has said in this documentary was already in the can, already about to be released. Like, isn't that like almost serial killer, like crazy? Like, you know how he feels now. He said those things about Bill Belichick, knowing that we were all going to watch and hear his animus for the guy in three months. Can I ask this question or is it too much? (laughs) Who do you believe? You can say that every day, by the way, but go ahead. Who do you believe? Because I haven't seen as much as you have. Who do you believe is the, because the the real crumbling of the dynasty is when Brady leaves. So who do you believe is the reason why Brady left or wasn't able to come back for another three years? I believe Tom Brady left on his own. Because I think he didn't want to be coached by Bill Belichick. Don't anymore. spoil that Brady left. People are still wondering. <laughs> um, so then, because you asked the question, yes. uh, the uh, the main so culprit you can blame of- you can blame Bill Belichick for that if you want. That I think that's what Robert Kraft wants to do now. Revisionist history. He wants you to blame Bill Belichick for Tom Brady leaving. So then you have but, to blame Tom for not. Well, you can. Uh, Tom could have stayed if he wanted to, but he didn't want to stay. In in my opinion, with Bill Belichick coaching. See, then that's who I would blame for the crumbling of the dynasty. Who? The guy who leaves. 
because if you co- if you have been coached for uh, now you're not going to be in you weren't invited to be in in the dynasty now you're not going to be invited back in, uh, on, listen, in June on Brady Day. I, hey listen I, I got number love for Tom and yeah, he knows clearly. that he knows that and you know I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for okay that. MFK crapped Brady Bill you got to answer <laughs> but I look at it like this you were well, you co- won't even say a man's handsome you, <laughs> you would coach you've been coached for I so- would marry Tom make up sex with Bill and kill crap <laughs> I would uh, I'd marry Robert because he's the billionaire of the group smart so that's that's kind of the way you want to do it you look what happens yeah. when you marry a billionaire it always turns out well for you mm. I I that's why I ask how bad is it that you get coached for this way for so long, and then all of a sudden you can't take that no more. Mm-hmm. That's what I would ask him. Is it real? Was it really that bad? Well, like, it was, I guess, uh, over his soulmate. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Like a rigorous one-day work week. We got to get you out of here. Yeah, so it took a lot off, out of me. Get off to Florida. Yep. So a little vacation, and then we will join you next week. Yes. In the in the anything goes state, and we'll have three days of Fenway South Road shows for you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'll be on Monday and Tuesday. Yes, and I am sure, uh, knowing all of you guys, uh, that there will probably be remote Courtney Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. There, 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 so. there could be. Yeah, there could yeah, be. Of this be, week, you yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. There could be, yes. Yeah, you know when Shime pulls everything uh, moronic that I've said in the last year? I would never to, do such yeah. a thing. And there's nothing done. It uh-huh. is interesting that everybody else takes time off and no remote Wiggy. <laughs> Top could. quality meets. Yeah, we could. Well, I, you know why they don't have remote Wiggy? Because <laughs> I don't take many much time off. That's uh, according true. to the wrap-up mm, from I last year, you sure did. No, no, last, Ken, last... Ken was even wrong on, I think, like three of those dates. Two, no, he I wasn't. Think. No, yeah, no, he was. He was right. He was spot on, right on the money. Like there were a couple bereavement days. Yeah, in Ken talked Wiggy when somebody died. <laughs> yeah, so there was, you know, when it comes to, when, hey, I know my role. Uh-huh. I'm not like Brady. I missed some days. Uh, hey, they're going to they ship me out like they did Mac. Mm. Everyone called me a sheep, and I was buying. Yeah. That wasn't weird to say. Sheep's ba. Speaking of you, though, we did learn something interesting about you today. Yeah. Uh, and we uh, we could call this segment, If You Missed It. Uh, and at the start of the show this morning, Courtney shared what her life goal was mm. from, the age, from a young age. Yeah, like probably 10 years old. 10 years old. Yeah. She shared what her life goal was, and I think we have that audio from the beginning of the show, Shine. Uh, but Monday, Tuesday, okay. I will right. be maybe poolside. Uh, oh, maybe I'll okay. be coming to you poolside. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I you like know, that. Maybe like I'll that. start in a cover-up, and as the show gets on, right. Right. Maybe we'll as long a, as Ken's okay with that. I'm sure. Uh, Ken's off Ken. all week. Nobody's don't, working. Don't worry about Ken. Uh, they allow nudity on Twitch now, remember? Oh, do they? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Do they shine? Do they allow nudity? I believe What's it's the... only tasteful nudity. Oh, it's good. only tasteful. Art- this will be tasteful. It has to be artistic. It'll be yes. tasteful? Yes, this is always tasteful. <laughs> okay. I'm like a Playboy magazine centerfold. <laughs> tasteful nudity. Okay. Okay. I always right. used to say that to my dad. He never liked it. Okay. I said, when I was really young, 
I was like, you know, a goal of mine maybe in life is to be in a Playboy centerfold. And my dad said, what? (laughs) And uh, I said, you know, Kim Kardashian, I don't follow, but I remember hers. There was pearls, you know, covering Uh the nipples Uh and the privates, (laughs) Uh but it was tasteful. Yeah, that's what they ate. Yeah. Yeah. So that was always your goal was to be a playmate, to be a playmate. Yeah, I think that it maybe the 90s, it was a rise and big name celebrities getting those centerfolds. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I always knew about them. And then yeah. Girl Next Door, the Girls Next Door was a big time show on E! that my mom and I used to watch. And it was uh-huh. Hugh Hefner's three girlfriends, Kendra, mm-hmm. Holly and uh, oh, her her name was began with a B. Um, it's escaping me right now. Mm-hmm. And. I thought that they were so cool. I thought the Playboy Mansion was so cool. The grotto was awesome. And wasn't there a moment where it was like a celebrity started doing it a lot? Yes. There was like a celebrity playmate that they were always doing? And it Uh seemed like the photographers were all um, very appropriate when it came to Uh taking these tasteful shots. Uh They were always beautiful. I think bodies are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, show show them off. Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. that was a goal of mine. Is Playboy still around? I mean, is this a goal you could still accomplish? I think once Hugh Hefner. I don't think it's very popular. I don't yeah. think people are still getting the magazines in the mail. Well, maybe not the yeah. magazines, but maybe they're going to uh, Playboy.com or maybe it's uh, their play- <laughs> IG page. Sure they, they probably have an app. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I think, so the dream is still, uh, well, he still kind, obtainable. Hugh Hefner kind of got canceled post-mortem. Oh, that's because his girl came out or the one of his. three girlfriends, yeah. One of the ex-wives or whatever. Yeah. Kind of dragging him out. Did she? Have, she has Holly like a Madison, show. Yeah. yeah, basically. Short of book. I mean, the man built Playboy, and now they're ripping him down. Yeah. His whole entire. They're just pointing the finger at him and rip. It's well, they, th- they call that the craft. Yeah. I think he wasn't really getting tested for STDs and stuff. So, oh, he, oh, he wasn't. No, like, the guy was 150. <laughs> right. I mean, he was that's having unprotected problem. sex with a million was it, girls. Was he 150? I mean, that's your problem for climbing in bed with somebody who's 150 years old. And then you shouldn't be worrying about STDs. You should be worried about if the guy's going to die in the next 30 seconds. <laughs> Have a good trip, Courtney. Oh, thank you so much. I'll All miss right. you guys. We're going to miss excited. you. Yeah, enjoy Florida. Yep. Let, let us know how the weather is. I'll get it ready for you. All right. Well. Our thanks to Derek White for being on the show this morning. Yes. Be White. We will be back tomorrow with ESPN Sean McDonough at 9. Rest of us here at 6. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching this show on Twitch or on YouTube. Thanks for streaming it at WEEI.com. Or listening on the Odyssey app. Gresham Foyer are next. And here, the NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 